Warning, this podcast contains questionable content of the more adult variety and may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Don't say we didn't warn you. Michael, get your fingers out of the cheese dip. This isn't the haunted episode. <laughs> I don't know why I started with ghosts. It's still spooky. <laughs> um, hey, Michael. Hi, Carla. So we're a Go Postal podcast, podcast that brings you a grab bag of fun. Today we got some uh, some crazy stuff for you. Some BBBs. Um, Michael has a story. We have our answer to the random question from last week. So hang on to your butts. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm super excited. But before we get started, Michael, how was your week? Oh, it was fine. I spent all weekend at a choir retreat. So it was Nerd. like eight hours of singing yesterday. And by the end of it, um, <laughs> we were singing these really high parts. There's one song where we have to sing the alto part. <laughs> Which for me is like and- perfect, but I can imagine for you that's a bit difficult. Uh, it's fine if I haven't been singing for seven hours already. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, can, can we hear something? You want to, you want to demonstrate? I don't because I, I can't sing anymore after yesterday. That's what I was trying to say. By the end of it, I was just cracking all over the place because I was so raw. <laughs> That's what she said. Um, <laughs> oh, grim. Um, well, as you can hear, my voice is not as bad as I thought it would be, but how you've been singing for eight hours and I've only been screaming for like 12 and my voice is worse off. I don't know. You, you must have better <laughs> vocal talents than me, but uh, at the haunted house, I got a new part uh, Mary, and it's in the fairy tale section. And I was Mary from Mary had a little lamb, but uh, you know, I realized there's a couple of nursery rhymes and fairy tales that involve little girls and sheep herding. Um, and so one of them is uh, little Bo Peep. Yeah, I was running around. So I turned into this like dancing, prancing, psychotic person with my hair all crazy in this Hannibal Lecter type mask thing, like the fleshy mask. Yeah, not not the the wooden one or whatever that covers his face. I was running around seeing a little Bo Peep killed her sheep. And now she knows exactly where to find them because they're dead. And I was like, I killed them. I killed them all. I killed them so good. And I love killing them. And I, I love to slaughter things. And I love to skin things alive. Like, I was just going crazy. People were like, oh, my God, get this nightmare away from me, which was the desired reaction. I mean, so. that's why they go to a haunted house. <laughs> right. And then uh, I always have, like, a slit throat because my makeup artist loves me and she loves to play with my makeup. Um, and I was – I had to break one of the other actors and they were – on the sleeping beauty bed. And so like it's sleeping beauty with a dagger in her heart. And so people would walk by and I would just sit there so silent and still, they thought I was like a dummy and I would jump up and scream at them. And then again, I would jump around saying, I killed her. I killed sleeping beauty. I killed her real good. And then I'm gonna kill Prince Charming when he gets here. And I'd ask like cute guys if they wanted to be Prince Charming. And then I'd touch my face mask and I'd be like, do you want to be my Prince Charming? Cause the last one didn't work out so well. I'm wearing his face. <laughs> Gross. And people were like, oh my god it was amazing it was so good so i think I we should fun. pitch that to uh disney 
Yes, I love this. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm sure it'll go really well. <laughs> um. So, Michael, what is our theme this week? Oh, do I have theme music for you this week? Duh. Our theme this week is cryptids. That was beautiful. So you like, I think you got all of the cryptids right there. So for those listening that don't know, Michael, what is a cryptid? Well, it's a good thing I have a definition here for you. The word cryptid is defined by the Oxford Dictionary as an animal whose existence or survival is disputed or unsubstantiated, such as the Yeti. Cryptozoology is the study of cryptids and derives from the Greek meaning, uh, or I'm sorry, derives from Greek meaning hidden animals. These creatures are described anywhere from alien-like demon animals or simply just a lost species within a large feline family. Uh, And this is yet another topic that spans all of human history. Every culture has some sort of mythical beast in their folklore. So we can't really even start to dive into the history of cryptids. No. Um, I mean, because even the cryptids that we are really familiar with now have a very long history and mythology behind them. Um, Apparently, you can get a degree in cryptozoology from Salisbury University in Maryland. Really? Yeah. I was looking it up and one site says, oh, there's no degree in it. And another site said, actually, yeah, you can get it from here. So. Interesting. There you go. Yeah, there are actual legit certified cryptozoologists out there. Um, and w- they're, but they're, they may not just be chasing, say, like Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster. They may also be looking for um, species that are out of their uh, natural habitats. So mm. when you hear about like sharks going into fresh water, you're like, what? They should not be there. So that does cover that as well. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there's. Uh, a need for that nowadays because <laughs> global warming yay yay speaking of which it is freezing here now i'm miserable it's like been rainy all day but it went from being 90 degrees about a week ago it's like 60 degrees now there was there was no transition there was no cooling down period it just got cold so don't you feel at home though <laughs> It actually does feel really nice, especially working in the haunted house. Yeah. So now that I'm wearing a corset for my costume, but yeah, 90 degrees in a corset. No, thanks. <laughs> so, but yeah. Um, okay. Well, Michael, tell me some more about cryptids. Um, I, well, I guess we could, I could talk really quickly about um, types of cryptids. Um, and from basically what Wikipedia said, uh, you know, you have your bipedal um, mammals, essentially like Bigfoot, Yeti, Abominable Snowman, all those. Um, right. you, you have uh, water-faring uh, cryptids such as the Loch Ness Monster. 
you have winged cryptids. Um, and then I, I guess things like werewolves and vampires would also fall under cryptids as well. So it's very vast and wide ranging, hence why the history would be impossible to cover in just a few minutes. You could do an entire podcast about cryptids. I'm sure there is one out there. I'm 100% sure there is one out there. Well, I have nine cryptids you've probably never heard of. And these are all in alphabetical order because <laughs> <laughs> you can't put them into any sort of other order. So number one is the Dover Demon. It is from Ooh. Dover, Massachusetts. And it is a gray or white creature with tendril-like fingers and glowing eyes. Ooh. It's typically seen walking on all fours, even though it can stand on two legs. And I say walking, I mean running. It's usually running on all fours. <laughs> oh my god, I would not want to see something like that. Run- te- so it's running on tendril fingers. Tendril, yeah, it's really creepy. That sounds so creepy. (laughs) Although I do love looking up these cryptids because you get like these really creepy photos that people have doctored up. And then you get these really like amateur drawings that are kind of funny at the same time. Okay, Uh, I'm looking, I'm going to look these up as you go so I can, uh, oh no. (laughs) Yeah, fucking creepy. (laughs) It kind of looks like an alien almost. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I don't like that. <gasps> okay, sorry. Just a really scary one. Oh, no. Okay, continue. <laughs> I'm terrified. So number two is an Elva... Elva Trich? Elva Trich? Oh, it's a, it's a it. southern German. Su- southern German word, and southern Germany has the craziest accent that I could never even possibly try to replicate. Uh, it is depicted kind of like a jackalope, but it's basically a chicken with antlers and scales rather than feathers. And sometimes with breasts because men are fucking weirdos. Okay. Yeah. Looking this one up, this is, oh, those are some saggy breasts. Oh no. Yeah. It's weird. That, why? What does it, like, what does it do? Like what's its shtick? Uh, n- nothing really. It's, it's, a, it's like a jackalope where it's like, yeah, just this weird hybrid creature. Exactly. It just exists. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Number three is the Enfield monster, which is from Enfield, Illinois. Uh, it is a, yeah, <laughs> it is at least three legged. <laughs> <laughs> at least. <laughs> With clawed feet and two stubby arms, like a three-legged, four-foot-tall T-Rex. It is also grayish with red eyes. Another alien-like creature. Very much so. Oh, this is weird. Yeah. That is... I... I, I'm trying to... uh, That... Okay. Okay. Some... I think... The reports I was looking at, they all said it could have been an escaped kangaroo or gorilla that people saw, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you get kangaroo or this thing from a kangaroo or gorilla because it is all scaly and lizardy and three legged. <laughs> uh, you like the three ish well, legged? I guess kangaroo with their tail. Uh, you could, you okay. might mistake that for three legs. Okay, I could see that. 
Maybe if you're and on they acid. do have claws. They're and they are very like muscular and creepy up close. Uh, so number four, we have the Jabaf Fofi or the Congolese giant spider. Oh, that is of course from the Congo. <laughs> And it is a giant spider that builds webs between two trees and preys upon birds and small game mammals with eggs the size of peanuts. Gross, gross, gross. I'm looking this up. Fuck that. No, absolutely not. Uh, I don't even think I saw a photo. Uh uh-uh, uh. Don't do it. Don't. If you don't like spiders, Michael, don't do it. Um, uh, Vancouver is kind of desensitizing. Oh, it's like Shelob. It is, but ew. Ew. <laughs> uh-uh. Uh-uh. And the crazy thing is, I bet you this is a cryptid that could totally exist. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this this is one of those that it might just be a lost species or something. I don't know. Uh, okay, number five, not as scary... <laughs> is the Loveland Frog from Loveland, Ohio. It is just a humanoid frog about four feet tall. That's (laughs) so adorable. (laughs) My my favorite fact of all of these cryptids is that this cryptid has its own musical called Hot Damn, It's the the Loveland Frog. Frog. I just saw that. (laughs) No, it's so good. Oh my god! I want a recording. <laughs> uh, it, I bet you it's on YouTube. I bet you can find it. I'm sure. <clears throat> uh, number six is actually a plant cryptid. Uh, it is a man-eating tree. Oh and yeah! Sorry, that's one I forgot was are... a plant type. Uh, there, yeah. there aren't a lot of them. No, there's, there's like only, three. There's only a few. Yeah. Yeah. So this is found throughout Africa or Central America. Um, different accounts describe a vampire vine that can suck the blood right out of any living thing within reach or a literal man-eating tree with branches like anacondas that devour you. Okay. You know, I could imagine, though, like if there was a vine coming off that was spiny or something, which is totally, I'm sure, a legit thing. If you ran into yeah. that and didn't know what it was, especially in the dark, you could think that something had sucked your blood. I believe it. This vine is sucking my blood. <laughs> Number seven is the Mongolian death worm from uh. the Gobi Desert. <clears throat> it is a two to five foot long, thick bodied worm. The Mongolian name for it translates to large intestine worm. <laughs> oh, no, no. This looks like something straight out of fucking tremors. legend says it travels under the sand and can kill you by spitting venom or via electric discharge so basically this is where the movie tremors came from okay got it yeah Mm -hmm. and the the worms from dune and beetlejuice you know all that stuff so many uh number eight is paluda or the shaggy beast from northwestern france specifically La Fête Bernard. I don't know. You know my French. It's just so it's beautiful. gorgeous. Nailed it. <laughs> it is an ox-sized porcupine-like dragon that could shoot its own spikes off its body. According to legend, the poor beast was denied access to Noah's Ark. <laughs> what a dick. What? You know, 
I feel like Noah was one of the first people to ever commit some sort of eugenics by choosing what does and does not go on the ark. It's not fair. Oh, absolutely. 100%. (laughs) Uh, Legend has it that um, someone killed the Paluta by cutting its tail off because it killed his fiance and ever since it's been extinct. How do you spell that? And it Paluta. P P E L U D A. Oh, okay. Oh, oh gosh, okay. And uh since it didn't get access to Noah's ark, uh people think it just stowed away in a cave <laughs> and um kind of lived that time out oh my god looking at paluta under google image search there's like <laughs> this <laughs> are you I'm, I'm on google image search too so let's let's take a minute to to share what we both have discovered because i am disturbed <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, a sasquatch woman sitting cross-legged in like a lawn chair it looks like <laughs> i've i have a lot of sasquatch women and i also have one with a tongue sticking out with something black on it. Oh. Oh, yeah, oh, that's gross. Oh, I need to find out what this is. Hold on. Hold the phone. It just looks like a... Ew! 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 Is it hair coming out of... Ugh! I can't. I can't. I can't. I have one more. And it's probably the best name on this list. It's number nine. It's the... Snallygaster. Yes. <laughs> it is from Central Maryland and Washington DC. The name derives from the German Schnellergeist or quick spirit. It's described as half reptile, half bird with a metallic beak lined with razor sharp teeth, occasionally with octopus-like tentacles. It would swoop down and steal its victims away in order to suck the blood out of them. A seven-pointed star is believed to be its kryptonite. So you'll see that painted around old buildings in that area. Okay. I will keep my eye out for that. Snallygaster. That is a great name. It is, indeed. (laughs) Uh, The pictures of this are so cool. And it definitely reminds me of something like Harry Potter from a a hippogriff, right? Is that what that was? Uh, Yes. Yeah. Uh, But mildly terrifying, too. Ma- like like maybe this is another. Yes. Oh my god, a Jabberwocky. Um, it's. It, I wonder if this is like another holdout from Noah's Ark. Like maybe the Snallygaster and the uh, uh, Paluta are like mm-hmm. just hung out together and decided, "Fuck this shit. We're gonna fuck you, Noah. We'll show you." Hey, I know of this cave that we can survive in. You want to go hang out in it? <laughs> <laughs> or yeah because it looks like a freaking pterodactyl yeah what that's so cool michael well thank you for sharing those and i'm gonna have nightmares but it's fine <laughs> well and now you all know about the loveland frog musical so i hope all <laughs> of your lives are better <laughs> um i'm gonna convince a local theater company to put that on hot yeah, damn gonna... it's the loveland frog <laughs> What? Oh, so good. So good. Oh, only was that Ohio? Yes. Only in Ohio. Ohio.
Hey, Jim, what are you doing this week? Uh, it's pretty much the same thing I do every week. I, I talk to you. That's true. We do talk every week. Yeah, and about some weird, dumb stuff. Like, what if everything was a stupid movie cliche? Or, you know, like that when we accidentally started that Dave Franco uh, fan club called Dave Franco's Dream Boys? That's right, or when we tr- we talked about get-rich-quick schemes that all involved goats? I like that. Um, can people hear us talk about these things? Yeah, they can. We actually do a podcast about them, uh, and you can get them anywhere, like iTunes, Stitcher, all the podcast apps. Nice. So you can subscribe to the Jupiter Boys from Wadolfa Shark Media today and listen to us talk? Yes, you can. Why doesn't everybody do that? I don't know. The Jupiter Boys. You won't believe it's not butter. Well, is it that time of episode? It is that time of episode, Michael. <laughs> time for our possessed David. Oh, thank you, David. Um, All right, so this week... We are going to Kathmandu in Nepal uh, in honor of the Yeti. So um, I do have to thank roughguides.com, ofac.com, imnepal.com, and sightdoing.com to thank them for a lot of this information. So to start out, let's just give you a brief intro to the Yeti. In the folklore of Nepal, the Yeti, or abominable snowman, is an ape-like entity taller than an average human that is said to inhabit the Himalayan region of Nepal, Bhutan, and Tibet. The names Yeti and Meta are commonly... (laughs) See, this is why I have struggle going outside of Europe or the U.S. because I butcher (laughs) everything. So I'm so sorry. You're trying. I am. And I try to be not disrespectful, I promise. Um, Are commonly used by the people indigenous to the region and are part of their history and mythology. Stories of the Yeti first emerged as a facet of Western popular culture in the 19th century, but have been a part of local lore long before Buddhism was even in the region. The Yeti was a part of pre-Buddhist beliefs of several Himalayan people. He was told um, that it was told that the Lepcham people worshipped a glacier being as a god of the hunt. Uh, it was also reported that followers of the Burn religion once believed the bo- the blood of the me me or god or wild man had use in certain mystical ceremonies. That being was depicted as an ape-like creature who carries a large stone as a weapon and makes a whistling swoosh sound. Swoosh. Swoosh. <laughs> I, I don't know. But yeah. Um, I think so, you need to be the Yeti at your haunt. <laughs> swoosh. <laughs> Just carry a rock. <laughs> there you go. Uh, the scientific community has generally regarded the Yeti as a legend, given the lack of evidence of his existence. However, in one genetic study, researchers matched DNA from hair samples found in the Himalaya with a pre- prehistoric bear from the Pleistocene epoch. However, there are hundreds of personal accounts of sightings, and the popular TV show Destination Truth even found a large, fresh footprint during filming in the Himalayas. Ooh. So, yeah, it was. I think I remember that episode. It was crazy i'm very skeptical about any tv show but you know right there's that uh so for your boobs in Kathmandu, in patan so there's the Kathmandu like valley river valley and or basin valley oh my god i just researched this for like three hours i should know this um there's kind of three cities so patan is uh it's called the city of beauty right across the river from Kathmandu. 
And many of the Hindu temples have a Kama Sutra, have Kama Sutra carvings originally meant to teach Patan's residents about sex. Oh. Um, and they're very, very, very graphic, but beautifully done at the same time. Um, Freak Street is a famous street in Kathmandu. The street got its name due to a large number of hippies residing here in the 1960s and 70s, smoking cannabis and doing drugs and just basically doing what hippies do. <laughs> um, according to some Public Crime and Punishment Act 2027, it is against the law to show sexual scenes in the movies. Not only that, the movie cannot be released even if it refers to sexual inf- or refers to sexual information. Um, now, if it is for public health awareness purposes, then it's fine. Otherwise, it is a criminal act. No person can use vulgar words, or, and no person people cannot use vulgar words, um, not just in film but also in public. So, they're. Uh, it's interesting that they have these incredibly graphic scenes on their temples, but you can't show sex in the movie. Huh. Um, there's a limit to the amount of attendance you can have at your wedding. Um, and the attendance is called uh, jaunty in the Nepali community. According to the Social Practice Reform Act of 2033, uh, the number of those attendants should be at a maximum of 51. Oh. So you can't have more than 51 bridesmaids, basically. <laughs> Um, I can't even imagine managing more than three, let alone 51. Oh my God. I can't even imagine. We didn't even have brides or groomsmen. Like, no, I don't want to deal with that. No, thank you. No, thank you. Yeah. That 51. Holy shit. Um, and so the penalty is 10,000. What do they use? Rupees, rubles, rubles. I have no idea. I'm not even going to pretend to know. (laughs) I should have looked that up. I'm sorry. And up to 15 days in jail punishment. Furthermore, it is also stated that the band members performing at the ceremony, so people performing music, should not be more than 11. So sorry. No 12-piece orchestras. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, 11 seems like such an obscure number, but okay. (laughs) Uh, For your booze, I looked up uh, some drinks that are popular in Kathmandu beer or br it's not cheap and it might cost as much as your meal uh domestic beers include everest locally <laughs> considered to be sweet and therefore feminine and gorka which is a little bit stronger and i think more men tend to drink that uh there's a selection of spirits distilled in, this, in nepal ranging from the classic kukuri rum dark and raisiny to a myriad of cheap whiskeys and vodkas they're mostly rough but tolerable when mixed. Uh, something called Mustang Coffee, made kakuri and in, made with the kakuri rum and instant coffee, is a classic. <laughs> um, that actually sounds really good. I'm not gonna lie. Instant coffee. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, hey, there's some really good instant coffee out there nowadays. I, I doubt yeah. that it's good instant coffee in Nepal, but maybe it is. I don't know. Seeing as how we just got good instant coffee. Right. Um, homebrew jar, J-A-A-R, or beer often made from rice or millet. It's commonly referred to by the Tibetan or hill word Chang Roski. Oh, sorry, Chang Roski, um, <clears throat> which is ubiquitous in hill Nepal, is a distilled version of the same and bears a heady resemblance to tequila or grappa. Huh. It's made in a series of pani or, dis- or distillations. Ek pani, or the first distillation of the liquor, is the strongest. 
Harder to find, but perhaps the most pleasant drink of all, is a Highland homebrew called Tongba. The ingredients are a jug or tankard of fermented millet, a straw, and a flask of hot water. You pour the water in, let it steep, and suck the mildly alcoholic brew through the straw until you reach the bottom. <laughs> so, definitely some interesting alcohol out there. It's a millet shake. Ooh, that sounds <laughs> awful. I'm, I'm sure it's delicious, but I can't. Okay, so in researching places that English is not uh, a common or primary language, uh, you, you tend to find it to be harder to get some bizarre facts, but I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> um, the city was established in 900 CE, but probably had inhabitants since 300 BCE, so it's pretty old. Jesus. Uh, yeah, the Kathmandu Valley. Okay, so I was correct. The Kathmandu Valley lies at an ethereal altitude of 4,600 feet. Michael, could you uh, com- do your converting noise for me? Oh, oh. Beep, 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 <laughs> Which is 1,400 meters for everyone else in the world that's not American. Uh, in ancient times, Kathmandu Valley was actually a huge lake called Nagdaha, and its existence has been proven by geologists. Huh. Um, yeah, so the entirety of this place. Uh, oh, and there's currently a million people that live in Kathmandu, and they have over half of the um, country's population. So it's a pretty populous place. Um, and to think that that all at one point was underwater is crazy. Wow. Um, Kathmandu derived its name from the unique temple. <clears throat> Excuse me while I fuck this up. Kaasta Manda. Kaasta Manda. Yep. Which was built in 1596. Uh, the capital has never been ruled by foreigners. Uh, it has the slowest internet of 256 kilobyte, kil, kilobits, kilobytes per second. Oh, my God. I don't do technology. <laughs> I'm assuming that's really slow. I'm assuming that's like dial-up. <laughs> Probably. I <laughs> I don't want to find out how slow that is. <laughs> no. Uh, Kathmandu was in the middle of the ancient trade route that connected India and Tibet. This caused a fusion of artists, architecture, and traditions in Kathmandu. It's really cool. Like If you look at any of the architecture there... You're kind of and like a lot of the language and everything. You're not quite sure if it's Indian, if it's Chinese and Tibetan. I mean, it's it is a really cool fusion. Huh. Um, within the radius of 15 kilo, kilo, kilometers. Oh my god, kilometers. Fuck's sake. Kathmandu. <laughs> I can't as English. Uh, Kathmandu has the densest UNESCO listed World Heritage sites among the capitals of the world. Unfortunately. Um, there were uh, many, many, many were lost in twenty in the twenty fifteen earthquake, which claimed at least nine thousand lives and about ten billion dollars worth of damage, which is half of the country's GDP. Oh no! So it's super tragic. Like I even went to a talk on um, basically uh, the next steps that are taken in conservation for these kinds of um, incidents and it was heartbreaking to watch like how much was actually lost and if it was even going to be able to be saved. Oh no. Yeah. So in 1975, Bob Seger wanted to disappear from record business and media. Hence he wrote a song called Kathmandu where Kathmandu represented a land so far away that no one will be able to find you there. Uh, Budanath is one of the world's largest Buddhist stupas a commemorative monument usually housing sacred relics associated with the Buddha or other saintly persons. 
The hemispherical form of the stupa appears to have derived from the pre-Buddhist burial mounds found in India. So as the legend goes for this Buddha-nath stupa, an old woman asked the king for land to construct a shrine to Buddha. Uh, I believe Hinduism was here first. Uh, The king agreed, offering her as much land as she could cover with a water buffalo skin. Wisely, the woman cut the hide into thin strips, placing them end to end to form a huge circumference and trick the king. (laughs) Wise lady. Well played. Uh, Conductors on buses and other public transportation, uh, so not drivers, conductors, must have a license according to the Motor Vehicle Act. Yeah, so that's interesting. I don't know why, but you do. Um, Also, is marijuana illegal in Nepal? Well, given that there's no such law which determines the punishments for people for consumption of use of Gaza, as they call it, they still, um, we still used to hear so many cases where police used to clear weed farms in Nepal or catch people with weed. But what are the legal implications? Uh, there is the law that certainly amuses all of us in our country. Nepal, marijuana can be used medically. According to the Narcotic Drug Control Act of 2033, Section 5A, we can use weed as medicine after receiving a prescription from a doctor or medical practitioner, as well as government can sell it and have authority to give license to others. Hence, it is legal to use marijuana medically after 2033. I don't know if you noticed from all of these laws that I read, they are set in the future. (laughs) I have no idea why. It was very strange, but they are. So yeah, that, um, so basically a lot of people smoke weed in, uh, Kathmandu and that freak street was like a big thing for the hippies of the seventies. And we're talking Westerners to go, but like it grows abundantly in the the mountains of Nepal. So yeah, it'd be really hard to not like just turn your head the other way. (laughs) So yeah, that, uh, that concludes our BBBs for the week, Michael. Yay. And I really want to go to Kathmandu because I was looking up the food and I'm just like, I'm so hungry. I did it to myself. <laughs> just want to go to Kathmandu to eat their food. I want to get stoned and then eat their food because yum. Oh my God. Well, because they have, okay, so the most popular dish is Momo, which is like a little crescent shaped dumpling, which I love dumplings. I had dim sum yesterday. Oh my God. So good. And, but then like they have a whole bunch of Indian curries as well. So like you get all of it. You get your Asian food, you get your your, your uh, like Chinese food, and you get your Indian food. You just, uh, it's food heaven. I'm into it. I'll go with you. Let's go. Just don't make me hike anywhere. I mean, no. Mm-mm. I mean, maybe small hikes. Like, no Himalayan hikes, though. Uh, okay. You can go take pictures. I will eat and go to the spa, because apparently they have really good spas, too. Well, look at that. Anyway, um, so yeah, that's... Yeah, let's go to Kathmandu. Let's. People do- donate to us, send us money in uh, the form of post money orders like Betsy Ross cuz she's the baddest bitch ever. Yes, uh, Betsy Ross. So that we can go to so we can go to Kathmandu and we will uh do an episode from there. <laughs> With the future podcast goals. With the slow, oh my god, that would be amazing. <laughs> It'd be like uploaded a week later. <laughs> We're like, sorry. We were on dial-up. A little hamster had to turn the wheel to get the internet running. It's fine. (laughs) Aww. (laughs) On August 22, 1996, 22-year-old Debbie Dorian was discovered bound, gagged, raped, and murdered in her apartment. 
Her father was the one to have made the horrific discovery, and to this day, her killer has never been apprehended, and her case has gone cold. However, he did leave behind his genetic marker, his DNA. Though he would lay dormant for nearly three years, he did strike again, raping at least seven more women in the Visalia, California area, linked to all of those crimes through his DNA. But Debbie would be the only known victim to have died at his hands. With DNA technology having advanced by leaps and bounds over the last 22 years, as well as some recent, very high-profile cases in California that had long been cold being solved, it is our hope to shine a light on Debbie's case, to bring this killer and rapist to justice, and a measure of closure for Debbie's family and friends who have waited much too long for answers. With the blessings of Debbie's mother, Sarah, and the help and guidance of her best friend, Katina, California Dreaming and Orbital Jigsaw are bringing you their story in episode 64, The Unsolved Murder of Debbie Dorian. All right. Um, so where does that leave us, Michael? Random question answers. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> so last week we asked our lovely friends, um, what would you try to get away with by claiming demonic possession or what entity would you want to be possessed by? In standard Twitter fashion, fucking hell, people answered and we loved it. So Assassinations Podcast said, Zool is welcome to possess me anytime, <laughs> which if you remember, that's from Ghostbusters. Um, uh, Kim from People Are Wild podcast says the spirit of Prince needs to inhabit my body. Yes, girl. Yes. <laughs> I totally agree with that. Uh, Glenn Thinks Stuff podcast. Uh, breaking up with a crazy lady would totally be worth faking possession. No awkwardness at all. Why have I never thought of this? <laughs> I think he's fucking on to something <laughs> at if you were wise said that amanda knox is possessed and then they sent me this link to instagram holy shit amanda knox is fucking possessed she she like has this demonic laugh and her eyes go black and uh so <laughs> michael i will send you the link so you can post that in our show notes okay uh dear murder street pod said i'm torn between beyonce and jensen ackles for the entities to be possessed by i don't know who jensen ackles is to the google <laughs> help oh oh oh! he was in the horror he was in supernatural oh i so, see and my bloody valentine and apparently days of our lives so oh i mean he could possess me anytime he is allowed in my body <laughs> huh? What? Is he attractive? <laughs> yes. Yes, he is. Um <clears throat> Men's Rea podcast uh would use demonic possession to get out of attending children's birthday parties. Again, brilliant. I am on board. <laughs> uh selling out show, our lovely Dave Schultz. I get out of paying my bills by claiming to be possessed by Charles Bukowski. Um Piping Hot Tea Podcast said, the reason I can eat 10 tacos in a sitting, I'm possessed. So it sounds like you're already getting away with demonic, or with uh, eating tacos by demonic possession. I'm possessed Grave by Girls. tacos. Ah, mm, oh, man. I could be possessed by tacos. I'd be fine. Uh, Grave Girls Podcast says, I'd blame demonic possession to get out of work slash a sick day. 
uh, that would work, especially if you were projectile vomiting green vomit. <clears throat> uh, Kate from Ignorance Was Bliss said, no, sorry, I really can't take part in that next PTO fundraiser because I'm possessed by a demon. <laughs> um, the lovely Laura said, I just finished an entire box of Oreos. I am definitely possessed. It's totally not just because I'm occasionally a slob. Definitely not, Laura. We would never, ever, ever think that. No. Um, not safe for work. Podcast Network said, not paying taxes, question mark. Um, and I think you dig these guys. These They're fantastic. Frygay, the 13th Horror Podcast, um, said, probably just going around berating people for idiotic behavior, LOL. Yeah, that too. I would combine all of these things and just be like, I'm possessed, you. I can't help it. It's There's nothing you can do. I'm doing all of these things, and that's my life now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, tacos, Oreos. Not going to children's parties, not paying taxes, not paying bills because I'm possessed by – you know, this is the life. This is the life. So whenever you say you need to turn to God, fuck that. You need to turn to demonic possession because you can do all these things. Everything. And I I have found out who I would want to be possessed by. Um, I would want to be possessed by a German baker so that I could make Black Forest cherry cake for myself whenever I want. Oh, and pretzels, Michael, and German pretzels. Yeah, and little oh, and This is really, oh my God, all the German pastries. Oh, yeah, yum. so I'm, I'm about to get really fat because I just welcomed a demonic German baker into my heart. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you'll be the most beloved demonic possessed person on the planet. Um, <laughs> I'm moving in next week. It's fine. Oh, well, on that note, um, I'm just going to give a, a random, pl- well, not random, but a little plug to uh, Kate from Ignorance Was Bliss and I have started a new podcast, um, and it's called We Too Podcast, a W-E-T-O-O, and you can find us currently on iTunes and Podbean, um, and it's basically, we're talking about uh, gender roles in our current world and trying to understand them, and uh, just talking about some really hard topics, but so far so good. I think I think we have a, a lot to talk about and uh, we're looking forward to it. So check it out. Cool. So uh, if you have any crazy stories, theme ideas, or you just want to drop a line, you can write to us at Go Postal Podcast, P.O. Box 198514, Nashville, Tennessee, 37219. Or you can email us at gopostalpodcast at gmail.com. Michael, where can they contact us on the social meets? You can find us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at gopostalpodcast. Until part two on Wednesday. Auf Wiedersehen. Ciao.